When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, Bulls Nation? And welcome into the CHGO Bulls Podcast presented by PointsBet. Don't forget that promo code CHGO when you sign up to get those two risk-free bets and live your bet life. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow my guys Big Dave at Bow BAWL Sports and Will the Goat Gottlieb at Won't Gottlieb. We are CHGO underscore Bulls. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Will, Dave, how were your weekends? Will? I mean, yesterday was really what stole the show. I, I was just watching those game sevens, just glued to my couch all day, watching basketball. You can't really beat that. No, you cannot. You can even if it's two beatdowns. <laughs> very true. Uh, I went to a uh, surprise birthday party for a friend, very good friend of mine. Uh, shout out to my guy D. Uh, happy fortieth to you. Ooh, uh, big one. Yeah, big one. yeah, had the big one, man, and yeah, it was a great time. Uh, I don't. Every time I go to stuff, I don't realize how many people actually watch what we do <laughs> and how many people actually, you know, enjoy what we do. So Matt and Will, uh, the guys said they love you guys. Uh, you guys are Man, awesome. Man, I appreciate that. And, it's, very kind. Yeah, it's, it's funny you say that. And I put this in our, our group Slack, uh, I think, yesterday. But so I was watching these games and my cousin is in town, who I'm really close with. Shout out to Eric. And... Mm-hmm. He and I are going to the Cubs game after this, so very excited. But anyway, his dad, my uncle, came in, who watches a lot of our shows, and he was like, the first thing he said was something about how I look like a youth pastor, which <laughs> was just the funniest thing. I did not. He was like, I when I heard that, I like almost crashed my car. I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> Man, so, see, so it's thanks, Uncle Jay, on. for telling me that I look like a youth pastor. Yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> Of love, but that's that's definitely a way to know that that, that you got a viewer right there. You Somebody got a calls right me there. a youth pastor. I know that they're a <laughs> yeah. true fan. So trust me, yeah. can't hate. Yeah, man, can't. <laughs> no, you cannot. I, a lot of my friends and family are like, you know, for for the last several years, been like, oh, Big Dave, Big Dave. They ask questions about Big Dave. It's like, you know, when they get to like see Big Dave in person, it's like, it's you know, the mythical beast. It's like, yeah, it's like Big resurrection. Dave. You know, they get all excited. <laughs> Like, I get it. I get it. <laughs> All right. So we got a lot to get to today uh, on this uh, audio only episode. Um, 
We got to talk about this Lonzo stuff that came out on Chicago Sports Talk Radio Monday morning from our guy David Kaplan. Uh, we got to talk about the Game 7s that happened on Sunday, and we'll take a little look ahead at what we expect to see in these conference finals in the East and the West. And then we'll wrap up with something that I think a lot of Bulls fans started wondering about even more aggressively as they watched the Suns get pants by the Mavs on Sunday evening, and that is, what's going to happen with DeAndre Ayton this offseason, and is there any chance that he and the Bulls could become tethered in some way this offseason? Mm. So I that's have all takes. ahead. Dave, I'm sure you have takes. Will, out of the gate, telling us he's got takes. Can't wait. (laughs) I I told Dave how I feel about it before you hopped on it, before we press record, Will. So (laughs) my my thoughts are fairly simple on the matter. But first, let us begin with this. In case you missed it, Monday morning, our guy David Kaplan, uh, shout out to him, um, former colleague of, of me and Big Dave, and Will, I'm sure you've run into him uh, back in the day when you were covering the Bulls on the beat. He was doing his morning show with uh, Jay Hood. Shout out to him as well. And they were talking about how Cap heard from some sources fairly recently that the Bulls front office are growing increasingly concerned with the status of Lonzo Ball's knee. Uh, And in case you missed it, I will just kind of give you a quick rundown of what was said on that Cap and Jay Hood show on Chicago Airwaves Monday morning. The following. This is from David Kaplan. I am hearing that there are serious concerns within the front office of the Chicago Bulls that Lonzo Ball's knee is not getting better. Not getting better. So they've been out for how long? Two weeks now? He couldn't play in that series if they were starting the Eastern Conference Finals Tuesday. He could not play. They are having real concerns of why he still has pain anytime he tries to ramp it up. And if he can't ramp it up in practices or in workouts to get himself where he needs to be, then how the hell is he going to be healthy for an 82-game season? This is a serious problem, end quote. Cap also added that uh, he's waiting on a little more intel from whoever this source is, this source of his close to the Bulls. And I'll also add that, look, Cap has been right a lot of times about things going on within that Bulls organization. He knows a lot of the people. He's been friends with a lot of people in that organization for a long time. And while he isn't maybe what you would call a, you know, he, he, he's not a Woj. He's not a Shams. He's not even a, you know, a, a Casey or a Will. He's not a guy covering the Bulls beat every day. But the dude's been in Chicago sports media for, what, half a century. And he knows people and he knows things. Mm-hmm. So I don't think this is nothing that he is hearing this. Because it basically, to me, means that the front office is concerned about Lonzo's knee in the same way that I think a lot of the fan base is concerned about Lonzo's knee and the way that it could not get ramped up to being having him available for the rest of the season and their postseason. I, I still, like, I'm putting this at, like, a 20 on 100 scale of where this shifted me in my worry. I'm curious to know what you guys think and if this – change your perspective at all on what's going on with the Lonzo situation, trying to get his knee ready this offseason? Well, I mean, taking into, you know what I'm saying, consideration that, you know, it's it's his source. Um, you know, nothing has come out. You know, they're pretty tight-lipped over there, you know what I'm saying, with that front office. But like you said, Cap has been dead on about a lot of things, especially concerning uh, that front office, whoever's been there, he, he's he's been dead on about a lot of things. He was the one who leaked that the old front office was about to get yes. booted before All-Star yeah. Weekend 2020. 
I'll never forget that. Like that happened in September when he was talking that stuff. Like he was at he was at the hot at the hot stove meetings in San Diego and reported that in. You know what I'm saying? From there, I'll never forget that. And he was dead on correct when when that happened. So, yeah, when Cap says something, you're like, yeah, you have to listen to it. But I already told you, Matt, that my this is I'm not a guy who worries a lot, but this worries and concerns me a lot. And so when I heard I'm jealous this, of you, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> not a guy that worries a lot. I'm not. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just not. It's not me. It must Will. be nice. It's. It's. It's me. <laughs> it's just who I am, man. It's just who I am. Oh, uh, I'll work it out. You know what I'm saying? I'll work things out, and we'll deal with it another way. But this definitely took my worry up. I'm not gonna lie to you. It definitely had me up because of who Cap is, uh, and just hearing the front office feeling like we feel. You know what I mean? Like we, how concerned we are about it. Like the fact he's had been so long after this surgery. And we couldn't even get him for the season to be in it. Like, if we were in the Eastern Conference Finals right now, he still wouldn't be playing. You know what I mean? Like, and that is a concern. Like, that really bothers me and concerns me because I don't know how a knee bruise gets better other than, you know, just rest and not doing anything on it. And it's supposed to be better after a few months, but at its worst, it can take, you know what I'm saying, a year for it to heal up. I'm hoping that's not the case with this. I'm hoping he's ready to go by the time the season kicks off. But it definitely concerns me, and it – kind of raises this question um with the draft lottery coming up does it change the perspective of who they're looking at you know in the draft as far as maybe they want to be more guard oriented because of this you know what i'm saying i don't know what their plans were it seems like ak and and everything like wings you know what i'm saying and try to get guys at that position but does that change your perspective going into the draft? Are you looking at more point guards? You know what I'm saying? And things like that because of this, it just raises a lot of questions for me, Will, that I just really didn't want to ask or answer. Yeah. I'd say like for me, just in terms of the worryometer here. So Lonzo had the injury on January 14th. He had the surgery two weeks later on the 28th, starting on the 28th, he had a six to eight week timeline that would have pushed him for a return around March 25th. Uh, today is May 16th. This is week 16. Okay. Wow. Out of a six to eight week timetable. So we're, we're talking about double. So hell yeah, I'm worried. And we still don't know what's going on. And I think that is the key here is Kaplan basically said, there are people in the front office who are starting to get worried because his knee's not getting better. That tells me they also don't know what's going on. And usually the team is the one with the inside information that knows the medical that understands like what the rehab is going to be. And it seems like we're just in a, in a waiting game here. And to your point, Dave, like I was hoping that it would just be a matter of time and that in the coming weeks he would heal up. And then, uh, you know, as we've joked about in the past, like get into that ramp up period where he can like start to get better and hopefully be ready for next year. I don't know what could possibly be up here. Um, I know bone bruises are very painful and can take a long time to heal. So I'm not like, I really hope this doesn't turn into a Derek situation where like people are just like giving him shit because he's not coming back. Mm-hmm. Please do not do that. Um, but yeah, it's concerning that he isn't back yet. And it's not surprising that this stuff kind of comes out, but um, it does tell me that, you know, they aren't quite sure what's going on either. As far as the draft goes, um, my, my Lonzo take is that he is a point forward. He's not mm-hmm. a, point guard so i'm less interested in necessarily like going after a guard what i think the bulls need to do with the 18th pick in the draft which by the way i'll be at the lottery tomorrow night very excited to be there but it's also nice. very exciting 
because the Bulls aren't like their future is not going to be determined based on a bunch of ping pong balls tomorrow night. <laughs> no, uh, so Michael Reinsdorf will not that. be there. <laughs> there will be no. I, I was looking at like the list of representatives from other teams, like Rip Hamilton's coming, and I was like, "Where's the Bulls?" Oh yeah, we don't have a guy. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No. No Michael. Um, no Benny. No Scotty. Nope. No Horace. Nope. <laughs> you love it. And so, yeah, I think they what they need is talent and they need three and D guys. And that's what really Lonzo is. So uh, that's an area where they can stand to improve where everybody in the league can stand to improve. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, Lonzo's $20 million of cap. He is, I think, one of the top most important players on the team. And so not having him, having uncertainty about him and he's barely played, you know, he's never played a full season. Uh, his His best season in terms of games played was last year when he played 55 out of the 72 as a shortened season um he played 63 the year before that 47 and 52 he's never played a lot of games so yeah it's it's definitely concerning to me it doesn't necessarily change anything about how i have been feeling about the lonzo knee situation and we kind of talked about this recently when we were going through our grades for lonzo season and also with Zach Levine's season. And like, you know, whose knee are you more worried about this offseason? Which is not a fun conversation for us Bulls fans to have. But we, we've been talking about this. The fact that David Kaplan said on his show, per my sources, the Bulls front office is becoming worried about this, didn't change where I was. Because in my mind, my reaction to that was, well, yeah, duh. Because as Will just laid out for you guys, what the timeline was at the beginning of this knee injury procedure and what it is now, if they weren't concerned, I think they were crazy. Like, yeah, the front office who invested that contract in Lonzo to be a starter on this team, whether you want to call him a point guard, a point forward, he's a starter. Mm -hmm. You saw what happened to this team's success when he was out because of the things he gives them on both ends of the floor. You, you'd be a fool not to be concerned about Lonzo's knee yeah. this offseason. So yeah. to me, but let me, let me ask you this. Cause to me, every time we get news that again, indicates that he's not getting better or that we still don't know what's going on. That's what increases my like level of panic or worry, whatever it is, because it's not just like same news. It's like two weeks later and we still don't know. And if it's another two weeks later and we get another leak that like, we're still not sure. Like then it just, it gradually builds up. So I'm not like freaking out and like we need to, you know, trade Lonzo, you know, get the injured player ex exemption, all this right. stuff. But like it's definitely, you know, a notch up on the on the worryometer. Yeah, no question about it. And also, I think, you know, we'll really start getting into it because he's going to go see a specialist, I believe, next week uh, about his knee, you know, and, and get, a, get an opinion about what's going on. We need on. answers. We need answers, bro. So I need him to, you know, live stream that. <laughs> you know, put that on Twitch. Because we need to be in the room, man. We we give a damn like that. He's too important. And I think that's what it is, guys. Like, and what you said it right there, Will. Like, it's just he's just way too damn important to this team. He he was the biggest band-aid. and we know Caruso was the band-aid, but my God, this dude was a was a gauze pad, you know what I'm saying, for the Bulls defense and and a band-aid for their offense as well, you know, as far as the three-point shooting and the facilitating. So the AK and, and Mark built this team knowing what those two guys were going to be. They knew they were going to be those uh, band-aids for the Bulls while they still figured out who did what and what else they kind of needed. They they knew that, mm -hmm. but they didn't expect this worst-case scenario 
of Lonzo not just being able to be on the floor to help that team out, man, just leaving that wound exposed like they did. But, man, dude, uh, it's it's concerning. I don't like this at all. I wish him the best. Um, I, I just really hope it ends sooner than later, and I'm just ready to, to talk to the doctor. So I'll be flying Can we just have, him. like, one month where we're not talking about a major – Injury to a major player on the team. It'd like, be nice. It'd be nice. One month. <laughs> nah, man. Bulls it's like not even the season, and we're talking can't about have this nice stuff. It's unbelievable. But, and Dude. see, that's and that's the last thing I'll say. If we're still talking like this with these parameters and this amount of unknown with Lonzo in September when we're getting ready for training camp, then I am hammering the panic button. But right mm-hmm. now, yeah. you know, shout out Scotty. I don't want to fuck my summer up worrying about yeah. Lonzo's knee. So. Yeah. I'm going to check out for a few months on Lonzo and worrying about Lonzo. And then when we come back, if we get that tweet, that's like Lonzo ball will not be available for, for full participation in the bulls first pr- practice of training camp. Uh, then I'm going to talk to y'all and I'm going to be freaking the F out, but I don't yeah. want to do it right now because y'all know me and I get triggered way too easily. <laughs> I feel you zero to hundred. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be that kind of freak out for you. But like I said, I'm just waiting for that next week. That's, that's really what I want to hear is what what's that doctor going to say? Because that's going to tell me a lot as far as where my level of worry should be going forward. Fair enough. Uh, all right. So that was the Lonzo news of the day. Let's now move forward and talk about some NBA playoff action. Um, lots of crazy stuff that happened during game sevens and then the fallout after game sevens. Ooh. NBA players running their mouths on a lot of platforms. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up next. But first, Big Dave, tell the people about points bet. Uh, thank y'all for enjoying what we do here. And the best way to support what we are doing here, the best way to support CHGO is to download that points bet app and use that code CHGO when you sign up. Because if you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So supporting us is actually supporting y'all. We're giving y'all some just for watching us. Isn't that a beautiful thing? And that's not even it. Just give you more stuff. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you're going to receive that free CHGO membership, which unlocks all that awesome web content, and you'll even get a free T-shirt of your choice from that CHGO locker. Now, once again, that's 2,000 in risk-free bets, a free CHGO membership, a free T-shirt from that CHGO locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. And... Introducing that live NBA same game parlay pick for the first time ever. You can build that perfect live NBA same game parlay. And you can do that only with points bet. You can buy in those favorite bets anytime during the game. And if you want more, because I know you do, you can also boost your live same game parlays. You can watch live, parlay live, boost live, and partay live with points bet. And if you're in this beautiful state of Illinois, where the weather in Chicago is absolutely perfect, this is summertime weather going on outside. It's like 73 degrees, no real wind. It's just real nice outside, y'all. You can go out there and enjoy it. And while you're sitting out there enjoying it, sitting in your lawn chair, pull out your phone and download that PointsBet app and register right now from your account from start to finish all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Because once that game starts, you don't just bet. Goat lead, please tell them what they do. You live your bet life. That's what you do. Mm. Man. It's so well. <laughs> Mavs in game six and seven 
made me some nice scratch. Hey. And I love them for it. Shout out to our guy, Judd Sabine, who I'm sure is over the moon with his Mavs going to the conference finals. We'll get to them in a bit, but let's, so let's start with uh, the first of the two game sevens from Sunday, that being Celtics and Bucks. The Celtics ran away with this one after the Bucks went out to an early lead. Yeah. Uh, 109-81 was the final, and it was another monster game from Giannis. Like, I think in game six and seven, he also put 20 board, pulled down 20 plus boards in addition to his points and, and his playmaking. Just crazy stuff. But Insane. you really saw in those final two games how much that Bucks team missed Chris Middleton on the offensive end of the floor. Yes. Because they just had no play creation. Once they got to the half court, it was like, all right, everybody stand around and see if Giannis can get through five, Buc- five Celtics defenders. And either he can great or he can't. And nobody else can do anything. Um, what what was like the biggest thing for you guys as you saw the Celtics after, you know, coughing up that game five and maybe thinking, oh man, the Celtics just lost their chance of winning the series to, to fairly convincingly winning games six and seven. Will, what about you? Well, I think the first thing for me is just watching these games and I, I've been uh, admittedly sort of rooting for the Celtics in this series, but watching these games and like understanding that the Celtics have a lead and just having the fear of God that Giannis is coming. <laughs> and it's like the six, 2016 warriors or like LeBron James from pick any number of, you know, his incredible seasons where it's just like no lead is safe. And you can't, you can't like, cause they can rattle off six or eight points in 26 seconds. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it's a game again. And Giannis just, I mean, he gets to the basket at will. So super impressive, uh, Game six, game seven wins, just really the whole series. I mean, the Celtics, I think, guarded Giannis as well as anybody can. And you still saw him put up with these monster numbers. So uh, Giannis is great. He's an all-time great. He is on pace to be like a top 10 or top five ever player, in my opinion. Uh, he is just outstanding. Um, so it's kind of sad that he wasn't able to to you know get to the finals again because Chris Middleton was out because you know, you're totally right, Peck, that like he is kind of the the half court score where they run a ton of pick and roll through Middleton handling and Giannis um, screen and roll. So they, they clearly just didn't have the gas, but, and then you look at the Celtics team who's incredibly deep and you've got guys like Grant Williams, who's kind of their sixth man hitting like a NBA record of three pointers in a game seven. seven. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's like Steph Curry and Grant Williams, um, which is hilarious. So it speaks to a couple of things. One, just how uh, complete of a team you need to be if you don't have the best player on on the court. Um, And just in in terms of like being able to have like a rotation of guys like I was watching it sort of with the Bulls in mind of like they didn't have anybody who could step up and hit shots because they took Mm. 50 some odd threes as well. uh, Same as the Bulls in in game five. Um, But the difference was obviously that they made them and that they had that guy who could like be the go-to score and outscore Giannis in a game. So really impressed by the Celtics, both sides of the ball, really impressed with their depth and versatility. Um, and just, yeah, kind of too bad for Giannis, but he is still just an absolute monster of a player. Yeah. Oh man. A few things on, on this series. First, I believe um, uh, Williams broke Steph Curry's record for attempts uh, three-point attempts in a game seven because that man had 18 attempts which is absolutely crazy as hell 
Like that's absolutely wild. And it was the so, same yeah. as as uh, the Bulls. They were just that was the shot they were willing to give up, and he just right. happened to make them pay. Yeah, make them pay. Shot about what thirty eight percent, thirty nine percent around there from three. So yeah, did a great job. I mean, shout out to him, man. He kept putting them up. He had the green light. I don't know if he'll ever be that green again, like Jason Tatum said. <laughs> <laughs> but he had it that day, and, and it was on point. Um, couple things though. One, I we well, I completely agree with you. I I was waiting for the Giannis takeover. I just Dude. knew it was coming. I'm from so the good. from the first quarter on, and I'm watching them, and I'm like, oh, it's going to be this game. Oh, that's what's about to happen. We're about to see that game because I've been waiting on that game from Giannis, that 50-point, 40-rebound, you know, 10 blocks, Wilt. 12 assists. Yeah, I've been waiting for that, and I, knew, and I thought, I was like, oh, here it is. It's coming. And then I saw Lopez scoring early, and usually that's a great indicator. When Lopez is scoring early, they needed a second guy without Middleton to step Correct. up. They just Correct. They needed... Absolutely. Absolutely right, man. So I, I, I thought he was going to do it. And, you know, Drew Holiday was going to do what he did. And man, I just really thought that they were going to do that. I didn't see the blowout coming. Um, so shout out to the Celtics for that, for adjusting after that first quarter. And just, I mean, completely just playing them off the floor, man. Cause usually guys, you know, the team that win games five wins what 82% of the time. Like it's mm-hmm. that's not a normal thing for the team who's down uh three two to come back and win the next two. And yeah, that was really special of, of Boston. So shout out to them. Also, injuries are not an excuse for me in this either. Like I know Chris Middleton mm-hmm. was out. I get that. I get that. He was out, but I don't want to hear if we would have won without Chris Middleton because people could say those same thing about the Nets and how they won last year. All right. Mm-hmm. And how the Bucks won last year. With no Kyrie was out too. You know, he wasn't hurt. You could say those same things. No, you played who was in front of you you beat them you won right. you won talking about chris middleton when you won game five all right so yeah they had an opportunity i'm not gonna take the, that away from uh boston because i'm sure they had hurt players i know marcus smart is hurt he's always hurt so yeah, yeah I, i'm not gonna take that away i can't use injuries a, as an excuse i'm not saying it didn't impact it because obviously you saw what he was missed because like you just pointed out well you saw what he was missed at but no i can't i can't give him that and the other thing that made me laugh you know what I was thinking about? All I was thinking about was the Bucks in that last game of the year. <laughs> and how they just went and they tanked and said, you know what? No, we want to take the third seed because we want to take the Bulls and we want to take this route. And they gave up home court advantage mm-hmm. to go ahead and take a third seed and just say, you take it, Boston. We don't need it. Yeah, the hell you do. <laughs> you need a home court advantage in the NBA playoffs because that played a huge difference to me in this because after losing like they did in game six, it would have been nice to come back home, right? You know, mm-hmm. like would have been nice to come back home and feel that love, you know, from your crowd who knows that you guys are champions. Now that, that was a big deal. And it just made me just real. I got nothing. You can try to script it however you want. You know what I mean? But things don't always happen that way on like they're supposed to on paper. So you play every game like like it's important, man. You can't just skip games and stuff like that, man. They they gave up home court and they came back to bite them in the ass in the end. Yeah. Um, which I mean, you guys mentioned, Will, I think you mentioned the the 22 of 55, like that the Celtics were just chucking threes and making a lot of them. To me, I, that was the deciding factor in this series. Like, yeah, Giannis didn't have his most efficient night, but I don't, you know, if he went 14 for 26 instead of 10 for 26 they still lose this game um wow like the the celtics role players hit shots 
the Bulls role players, as you said, Will, did not. Uh, meanwhile, the Bucks went four of 33 from the, behind the three-point arc in that game. And their their defense and their defensive strategy all season long was, you know, give give our opponents threes and, you know, make their role players make threes while we lock down, you know, their biggest weapons or do our best to lock down their biggest weapons. And sometimes it worked for the Bucks, and sometimes it didn't. But to me, that's what I had on top of my head watching that unfold. And we've talked about it as, you know, at, at length as far as what this Bulls roster needs this offseason and what went wrong down the stretch. And one of the biggest reasons was the lack of reliable three-point shooting. And you saw what the Celtics did behind the three-point line in that game seven versus what the Bucks did behind the three-point line in that game seven. And if you didn't believe that the Bulls need to add some more shooting to next season's roster before that, there you go. Um, also, I, there was some poetic justice in the fact that we had to sit there and watch Grayson Allen hit three after three after three in games three and four in the Bulls freaking building mm-hmm. coming out of nowhere, putting up 20 plus point games in two bucks playoff wins in Chicago. And I'm sitting here saying, is this really happening to us right now? And then to watch him flail miserably on the defensive end, getting cooked, getting singled out and cooked by the Celtics all series long and chucking up nothing but bricks <laughs> in this Celtics series. I think I saw he missed two. Uh, no, he missed 18 of his final 23 point attempts oh, in this series. Wow. Including going 0 of 4 uh, from behind the three point line in game seven. Mm. God, that was satisfying to watch. <laughs> Any Bucks it- fans who are still hate watching this channel or listening to this pod. Sorry, not Sorry. You lose. Yo, yo man, I, I I thought about you so much when Grayson Allen did that step back air ball three. And I thought about oh. Matt immediately. Oh. Like he's somewhere just happy right now. Just it's Christmas time for Matt Peck right now. It's glorious. <laughs> he yeah, he felt bad. Bad. But yeah. Uh wow. So there it is. The Celtics um win game seven. Move on to the conference finals. Uh, and we could do like a more in-depth preview uh, of these conference final series in the East and the West later on this week. But just any any initial thoughts, you guys, um, as far as uh, Celtics heat before we move on to talk about Game 7 in the West? To me, Celtics-Bucks was probably like the finals or at least a conference, conference finals final. caliber series. I mean, that was just like slugfest after slugfest adjustments uh really just as complete of a series as as you can get and it came down to just like our team is better than your team in the last game in the last two games really because Giannis was just exhausted so um as I said before super impressed with the Celtics I think they have the defensive versatility to really handle any of these teams like I guess my big worry for the Heat is and I really respect the Heat. Like they're an incredible team. They obviously beat the Celtics team two years ago uh, in the bubble, uh, which allowed the Celtics to get to the finals. Uh, sorry, the the Heat and Jimmy Butler to get to the finals. Um, I just don't know how they manufacture points in half court offense without a second creator. Because like Jimmy is capable of being that dude. Like I'm the biggest Jimmy Stan in the world, and I know he is capable of doing that. But it's seven games, and he's not going to have a lot of help. Like, hero, but then if he's on the floor, he's going to be attacked Mm -hmm. defensively every single possession. I mean, the Celtics just, they have no weaknesses, and they have Mm -hmm. a dude, and then they have another dude. 
And it's just like kind of the recipe. So mm-hmm. I'm very high on the Celtics. I think they've got to be the favorites to win the championship at this point. But mm-hmm. I mean, the Heat are an amazing team. They've got the better coach, which probably wins you a game in the mm-hmm. series. And uh, they are super versatile defensively. They've been shooting the hell out of the ball. They've got a Jimmy Butler. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a great series. I think it'll probably be Celtics in six, but really, really competitive basketball, like high-level competitive basketball. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, they match up. They match the heat everywhere, including coaching. I'm not going to take that away from Udoka, man. He's been incredible as a coach for them this season. Amazing. Especially after that Bulls so game. So impressive. I mean, he flipped everything around to the point. And the Celtics that, were 23 and 24 at one point. And then right. he just like flipped a switch. And usually a team only meeting after that is never good. You know, and they had a team only meeting and it was like, oh, it's over for the Celtics. You know, no, they got worked, that together. Worked great for the 18-19 the Bulls. I mean. <laughs> Couldn't help himself. Had to get it in. But yeah, but it's like Matt Matt was saying all see, like this, this is the best team in basketball after the All-Star break. And that defense that they have, that you mentioned, Will, is incredible. And that's the problem because I thought the Bucks, the Heat could have beaten the Bucks because of the way that the Bucks play defense. They leave those three-point shooters open, and the Heat will cook you. You know what I'm saying? For the three-point line, it's what they do. But my goodness, man, how do you do that against Boston when everybody is long and versatile and big? You know what I'm saying? Like, even their bigs can switch off. You know what I'm saying? Like, they – it's just Al Horford showed you he still got something in him. You know what I mean? Robert Williams showed you, you know, he's still doing his thing as well. Like Daniel Tice, we know he's versatile. You know what I'm saying? Because when he was here, like it's it's there, they're a problem every in every phase. And I think they have someone for everything that the Heat likes to do. Now, there's nothing you can do about their best players. You know what I mean? Jimmy Butler's, you know, supposed to be doing what Jimmy Butler is doing. But you know, I'm gonna take uh uh Tatum over Jimmy Butler because I just I just think Tatum's a better player, but man, dude, they just match up so well with them. It's going to be interesting to see. I agree with you, Will, when you say that the Heat supposed uh, spoke could get them a game because just of how good of a coach he is. Because they're going to be prepared, you know what I'm saying? Like if they go down, they're going to be prepared and they're going to be ready for whatever Boston's got for them, man. But man, Boston is it, they they just remind me of that team that's just super hungry. And they've been close before a few times, you know, they've been that close. They've been in a game seven in the Eastern Conference finals before. And we're that close, you know what I'm saying, to beating LeBron and moving on, man. It just feels like it's it's their time. They took down the champs. Now they're going to go take go to Miami, you know, who's already been to a finals and you know they're hungry and want to do it. But I don't know, man. It just feels like Boston's chance. But Either way, I'm not really rooting for either team. I don't care anything about the Celtics. <laughs> I don't care anything about the Heat. But Dude. I I think it's going to be some great basketball played. I completely agree with that. It's going to be some great basketball being played. At this point, you know, I'm I'm I was rooting for the Celtics over the Bucks cuz I was sick of Bucks fans and wanted to see their hearts break um until they, you know, forget about the Bucks and go back to being just Packers fans, which is who they are uh as an identity. But now it's like I can't root for the Celtics like to hell with I was just Celtics. I was just Good rooting for the Celtics. The I was just rooting for them because I had a Celtics future. Right. So right. Right. as yeah, as do right. I, right. and I wanted to be right. You but know? I have a Heat future uh, too. So now I'm just like whoever wins. Yeah. Now, dude, I, I I I am I, at this point I'm a diehard Mavs fan. Like I pick, <laughs> I picked the Warriors to come out of the West. It'll be tough, but I think it's doable for the Mavs. Um, 
And, you know, speaking of which, let's now shift over and talk about that ridiculous game seven between the Mavs and the Suns. Because, oh, my God, I didn't like I big Dave. I didn't want to be the first one to text into our thread with Sabine and Bulldog to be like, oh, my God, John, as the (laughs) Mavs started to build that lead in the first half. Yeah. And you know, so then when I saw Bulldog just texted dot 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 Sabine, I, and then I just sent the eyeball sideways emoji like, oh my god! <laughs> Somebody asked us on Twitter like earlier Sunday, who are you taking in the games tonight? And I said, you know, I'm taking the Celtics to win, and I'm taking the Suns. Although I'm pulling for the Mavs, I just thought that the Suns, a 64 win team, were going to get their shit together in Game Seven, and oh my goodness. They did not. Um, <laughs> wow. Then, you know, so bad. we got the thing, you know, today, Chris Paul all played most of the series with a, a hammy or whatever. Going back to your thing about excuses, Dave. Mm. Um, Luca. Luca has arrived. You know, he's only 23. Luca's been People arrived. have been ragging him about not being able to win a playoff series. Well, mm-hmm. he's now won two playoff series in this playoff run of theirs and mm-hmm. is just doing insane things he put yeah. up 35 and it would have been 50 if he had to keep playing but they were yeah, up by his, 40. his game his incredible 39 point game seven average is going to go down because they beat the sun so bad that he didn't even have to play the fourth quarter right. <laughs> it's insane 27 insane. points at halftime also the same amount of points that the suns had at halftime yep. it's just yeah. wild yep. like i've never seen that i've never seen a game like that that was incredible yeah never yeah, seen anything he, like it he he's full goon. I've been saying it for years that he's a goon, and everybody, nah, you know, because you know he smiles and he's nice and all that. I'm like, nah, bro. I, if if anybody knows a goon when they see him, it's me. And I was like, bro, I was like, this dude is a goon, and you saw it in full fledged in Game Seven. My God, that man was talking shit from the moment he walked mm. on the floor to the moment he walked off the floor. All the way into the post game press conference, he was mm-hmm. talking plenty trash, and it felt good for him. And it, re- it really, re- and again, I'm not making him the comparison, but it just reminded me of Mike because because of when he said, you know, you talking crazy when you up, everybody talking shit when they up. You know what I mean? We'll see what it is. I was like, who that sound like? <laughs> I was like, that sounds real familiar. Who that sound like? Mm-hmm. And he came out and he showed and proved it. That's the difference. It's one thing about saying it. It's a whole different monster about doing it, man. And he had been shooting, what, like 30% from three in, in that series? Like, it's not like he was killing them. But when Lucas three is hitting, he's unguardable. Like, there's nothing you can do. It was so disrespectful. I loved every single second of it. And Jason Kidd deserves all the flowers in the world. That man coached his ass off this season, especially after they were, what, 17 and 18 and Luca had made his 15th visit to In N Out Burger. And he told him, dude, <laughs> you need to stop. You need to stop eating. And we got to play defense. All right. As soon as they heard that and got that together, and especially when they made that trade and got Spencer Dinwiddie in here, it ain't been great. And look at the guard play. This is again why I give it to Jason Kidd. Look at the guard play. Look at what Brunson did. Immediately, Brunson is like, remember when he was like, man, you going to really get that dude $20 million? Now you're looking at him like, uh-oh, he might get that check. He might get that check going forward. They have been incredible, man. I don't want to pick them to win anything because I keep picking against them. And I love John Sabine. And I and I just want to keep picking against them because it seems to be working. So I don't want to just say the Mavs are going to win something. And then, you know, I don't want to do that, man. So, but 
they, they've been incredible. And Luca, like you said, he he's arrived, but like Will also said, he had already arrived. But I know I know what you mean though. Like he's really like face of the league kind of stuff coming up. When I uh after the Bulls drafted Lowry, they had Eurobasket, they had the Eurobasket mm-hmm. tournament in 2017. And I remember watching all of Lowry's games and then all of Luca's games. Mm-hmm. And he was like hitting step back threes. He's like hitting just insane passes to the roll man from like right a step in from half court and he was just like clowning these guys and mind you at the time he was like 18 or 17 years old yes and i just like i just watched one game and i was like yeah this guy is gonna be like an mvp one day he's just he is that guy so that was why i was freaking out all of 2017 about the bulls not tanking hard enough because luca is a transcendent superstar and he's 23 years old and he's in his com- his first conference finals already i'm really happy for him um but again it comes down to obviously like this game seven luca just went off but so did spencer dinwiddie jalen brunson had a great series maxi kleba was phenomenal all series probably the the swing factor for the mavs so it isn't just about the guy you need to have the guy but it's about the supporting cast and who's going to step up and have those moments Mm -hmm. if you're talking about what the bulls can do to improve their roster again it's just it's the depth and i think you did not see the sun's depth show up in this game especially, but also in some of these other losses. And the Mavs guys did. And for me, looking ahead to this Warriors series, and um, you know, I've spent a lot of time around the Warriors. I think they are like just incredible. The confidence that they have, the ability to like, it sounds cliche, it is totally cliche, but it's just that the championship DNA, they just know how to get wins when they need one. Um, I have no idea what you do about Luka if you're the Warriors. I have no idea. Because he's literally unguardable. I mean, he's reaching like Giannis, LeBron levels of just like throw your hands up in the air and just hope he misses the shot because there's nothing you can do. Yeah. yeah. Will, he's, he, he's I mean, done. he has like Dirk's like one-legged step back stuff and he's turning around first. He's fading away first. He's crossing over first. He's got like Dirk's and, post-up game, Harden's step back game. Right. He like can also LeBron he can do it from like 30 feet, which it's is unbelievable. Without any of the athleticism of any of those guys either, like that's my favorite part is I can I can you know go I mean? play pickup and pretend I'm Luca. <laughs> you know I, mean? <laughs> I can't I can't pretend I'm Ja, but I can pretend I'm Luca. Like, dude, like it just really reminds me of like what Larry Bird was. It really does. It reminds mm-hmm. me of that. And I know people hate that comparison, but I'm just like, well, who else was just a guy that just you didn't know to be that athletic, but was still that dominant? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you could just, shoot that's the and only pass thing. and get to the basket. Get yeah, spots and get the shot off. Yeah, yeah. And Jeez. that level of great, like he's great, and w- he will be putting your your guy to the test, your greatest defender of a generation oh to my the God. test, bro. Not he's gonna be close. on him, man. That's gonna be interesting to watch, man. And it's, uh, go ahead. I was bro. gonna say it's it's like the level of confidence and like swag that he has too. I mean, he's just yeah. he went out there and was like, I don't care if you went to the finals, like I'm gonna shit talk you. <laughs> yeah, you can't guard me, like. <laughs> he just doesn't care and i just uh, that's so cool. love, I that. love that yeah man, and man like luke could really turn it on after that little thing uh dead ball i think it was during game five when like book tried to, like, just steal like, the ball away from it. him yeah. on, on yeah. the dead dead whistle and luke just looked at him and was like this guy and okay. that's when you knew and then you're like oh <laughs> that's and that's what over. i took it personally and i took also, that um <laughs> you know you, you got you guys touched on it but shout out to spencer Dinwiddie, 30 yeah. points off the bench first pair of teammates in a game seven in the playoffs to each score 30 or more since Shag and Kobe in 2002. Wow. Um, and did Whitty hit a $500,000 bonus by Shout getting out. to the conference finals in his contract. 
Good Congrats for him, to man. him, and shout out to Gar Foreman and John Paxson. <laughs> Why? Why, man? Because <laughs> those doofuses decided that what we really needed was like Isaiah Cannon and Michael Carter Williams. They can't hurt and couldn't afford more, to keep man. Spencer Dinwiddie. I they could have had Max Struess. They could have yep. kept Jimmy. They could have yep, drafted OG Ananobi. They could have done a whole lot of stuff. Let it go, guys. Shout out to them. <laughs> I can give them a shout out now because they're gone. They can't hurt us anymore. Maybe I'll write a book about us. it and just get all my feelings <laughs> out. And also, Chris Paul in those last four playoff games, 18 points and 18 turnovers. That's Dude. insane. That's yeah, insane. He, was, only, uh, took, he like, only took eight shots. It's insane, man. Which we should I, talk it, about him for a second. Like, I cannot think of another player who's been in big moments like this and just never been able to, I mean, he's got to be one of the all time great players to never win. I mean, he obviously still could, but it's like Carl Malone, Chris Paul, Charles, Charles. Yeah. I I think it's them. Um, And and look, that was his fourth straight game seven loss. Uh, He's also, you know, been up two Oh in a lot of series recently and then gone on to lose those series, including the finals last season. Um, you know, reaffirming what I've always believed uh, to be the, the truth about Chris Paul. Can't get it done. Same thing that I've always felt about James Harden. Can't get it done. When it matters, come playoff time, need a win, need a big game, can't get it done. And, you know, I'm sorry, maybe the hammies bother him or whatever, as, you know, he, somebody made sure to put that out there this morning. Oh, yeah, Chris, Chris Paul hobbling to the locker room, whatever. Okay, if you're only going to take eight shots because you're, you know, you're your point god, Chris Paul, and you want to make plays instead of take shots, he only had four assists. Hmm. And look, some of that's on on the Suns missing shots. Like most Jay Crowder, terrible shooting day. Bridges, terrible shooting day. I think Booker day. and Paul, the combined, they combined, I don't think either of them scored a field goal until the Mavs were up by 40 some odd points. And I think right. they were both without a field goal in the entire first half. Which wouldn't surprise me because they only scored 27. Right. Yeah. I think it was like late second quarter when anyone in the trio of Paul, Booker, and Aiton made a field goal, uh, which is insane. Speaking of, we got to talk about DeAndre Aiton. Oh, Bulls fans. Uh, We will do that in just a minute. (laughs) But just another quick shout out to our friends at PointsBet. If you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download that PointsBet app. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you getting those two risk-free bets up to $2,000, which is an incredible deal, if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you will receive a free membership to CHGO, which unlocks all of our awesome web content. Mr. Will the Go Gottlieb here just dropped his most recent player eval column on Zach Levine. So go check that out on the website. Plus, you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker and access to our members-only Discord channels. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. And in case you missed it, in case you didn't hear Dave, online sign-up is available at Illinois. That means you can you can actually download the PointsBet app right now, register your account, start to finish all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. And I'm going to have a pick of the week for you guys tomorrow. I can't decide if I'm going to make a bet on game one West or game one East. Probably both, but I, I can't decide yet which one is going to be my pick of the week. I have a I have a take on that, yeah. which is I think uh, maybe it's not that hot of a take, but I think uh, the Heat will win game one against Boston. It's okay. kind of like a hangover game for Boston. Only one day of rest before mm. 
preparing for Miami. They've had a bunch of rest. They're at home. Yeah. It just seems like it'd be a tough way to get into the next series. They also probably feel like that was the conference finals right there. So now we're kind of mm-hmm. smooth sailing. So I don't know. Interesting. We'll I might have an opposite pick. I might just be way overthinking that. Could be. Could be. I mean, I think most everybody is saying, let's, you know, let's take the Celtics in this Con- Eastern Conference Finals, despite the fact that the East are the team that has four of the seven games at home, if necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So going back to that uh, Mavs Suns beatdown uh, from Sunday evening, we mentioned it just a minute ago. DeAndre Ayton only played 17 minutes in this mm. game. And there was some stuff that came out on Twitter after this game where, okay, there's Monty Williams just at the post-game press conference being asked about why did he only play 17 minutes? And his answer was simply, it's internal, or that's internal, however he phrased it. Basically saying, butt out, I don't want to answer that question. Which clearly just makes you think, okay, shit's hitting the fan with DeAndre Ayton in Phoenix. And then there was also somebody else's tweet talking about how they either overheard or were lip-reading or something. And Monty Williams asked DeAndre Ayton at some point, as this game was kind of getting out of hand for Phoenix, do you want to go back in and play? And DeAndre Aiden just flatly said no. So did DeAndre Aiden quit on the Suns? Did the Suns quit on DeAndre Aiden? Mm. I, either way, it might not necessarily matter. And, and this is from Woj uh, on the NBA show earlier today saying, quote, DeAndre Aiden did not feel valued by this Phoenix organization. He is going to get a max contract in the marketplace somewhere. There are a lot of teams lining up to figure out how can we acquire him. Mm. So that's from Woj. Basically mm. meaning Aiton's not signing in Phoenix. That's what it sounds like. Where will he land? And Bulls fans, here's the chum in the water. <laughs> okay, can I just say, before we get into this, does this remind you of any other free agent situations that may or may not be occurring at this very summer because it has Zach Levine tones to it. And I think, you know, Bulls fans are very excited about Deandre Ayton. I am too. I think he's a great player. He's obviously 23 years old and not 27. He's a restricted free agent, not an unrestricted. His max contract is, I think it starts at like 30 million instead of 36. It's a 25% max because he's still on his rookie extension. Mm Mm-hmm. There are some similarities. There are some differences. Uh, but when it comes down to like DeAndre Ayton is not, and the Suns are not just like committed to coming back, all of a sudden the rest of the world is like, okay, let's make this happen. How do we figure this out? Where's Trade Machine? How do we make this happen? <laughs> I see. I hear those similarities. I think, but I think the difference is, is that it's been vocalized, you know, by Ayton. And you know what I'm saying about him being unhappy. You know what I'm saying about being in Phoenix and being with the Suns. And that's that's what makes you kind of go crazy on this. Uh, Zach won't vocalize it because we love Zach here and this is the perfect place for him. And he should never, ever leave here and sign his contract and come on and back. Thanks Zach. for listening, Zach. Thanks for listening, Zach Levine. Good luck on that knee surgery, man. We'll all be praying for you. Um, but yeah, man, like this is it's a, it's a thing. I, I don't I don't mind Bulls fans going crazy on this because this is this part is entertaining to me. Like, doing it with Zach isn't entertaining to me because that's on my squad. But this is entertaining to me, you know what I'm saying? Because they don't – because you're, you're seeing people who, you know, completely hate Vooch, who definitely want to go get uh, DeAndre Ayton. And Ayton's amazing. Like, he's got a touch around the basket I honestly haven't seen in years from a center, and that's for real. Like, when he's around the basket, I just immediately think it's going in. It It is so 
just smooth and so easy and so feathery. He's got like a feathery touch when he's shooting that ball. The issue with me here is he one, he doesn't have a real high motor. He doesn't. Um, and two, is it because Chris Paul is there that he's got that, you know, thing about him right now? Or when he gets his money, will that stop because he goes somewhere else? Like who's gonna be that guy that's in his neck? Because he seems like he needs somebody at his neck on him all the time to get the best out of him. That's usually how it is with guys who don't have high motors. You know what I'm saying? You need somebody to push your, to start your motor for lack of a better term. So I'm wondering, you know what I'm saying? If that's the case here, but outside of that, the man's game is incredible. You know, he's a great rebounder. Um, they hate Vooch, but one him, but they say Vooch can't play defense. I'm like, well, Aiden's not a <laughs> defensive stalwart either, man. I don't know what you've been looking at, but he's not that either, but he's that he's 23 years old. He's great. And, yeah, I don't think he'll end up with the Bulls, but yeah, I'm I'm down to hear all the stuff from Bulls Nation about it. I am. Yeah, I, do Bulls fans see Aiden as some like all defensive team center? Do they see him as some Gobert type? Because I don't know, he's not. He's <laughs> he's he's a, you know he's about a decade younger than Vooch, so he's got that going for him. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I've just I'm I'm. I'm not sorry. I'm just being honest right now. I have never been that wildly impressed with DeAndre Ayton. I just haven't. Even when he was, you know, coming out as the projected number one overall pick in the draft, which he then went on to be. I like, you know, watching him before coming into the NBA. I was like, yeah, okay, this guy's enormous. Mm-hmm. But is he wildly skilled on a basketball court? And I was like, I, you know, I... I, everything to me was a meh with DeAndre Ayton. It's always been a meh with DeAndre Ayton. And he hasn't really done anything to change that, in my opinion, mm. with the eye test since he's come into the NBA. And is that about, you know, like some other contextual factors like you were kind of asking, Dave? Is that about his role? And is that why he seems, you know, along with the lack of contract, unhappy in Phoenix? Because does he think he should be more involved as opposed to, CP3 and Booker doing most of the offense and, and carrying most of the, the offensive load. I, I don't know. Is it, you know, lack of opportunity versus lack of motor and, and, and lack of talent. That's the question. I don't, I don't know why a whole lot of Bulls fans are freaking out about Aiden leaving Phoenix and if we can be the team to get him. Um, obviously, that has to be some kind of sign and trade. The Bulls do not have, obviously, the cap space to try and lure him away and sign him outright. And then, then nor you will just the get... Suns allow that. He's restricted, right. so they're not exactly. going to like. They're gonna they're gonna leverage this situation into getting something for him. Now, I would say it differs from the Bulls in that it seems like they're more willing to let him walk if they can get the right stuff in return. Um, the sign and trade possibility is really the only way the Bulls could get him, and that becomes incredibly complicated with some caps stuff that I couldn't explain to you. But basically. It's called base year compensation, and it happens when your contract goes from like, you know, moderate or small to like really large after a certain season. So, uh, on guys' uh, rookie extensions, it happens for a guy like Zach Levine who's making twenty million, and next year is going to be making thirty-seven million. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen, and so that that makes like the incoming and outgoing salary match very difficult. Like I said, I don't know the exact specifics, and hopefully we can get somebody on here at some point to explain it, but. Um, yeah, I guess like for me, Aiden has really impressed me in his growth over the last couple of years. Like his touch around the rim is something I did not see happening 
I thought he was more of just like a lob threat who like wanted to try to post up more kind of like old school Dwight. Mm-hmm. Um, but his defense has improved. I think he's a very good player. I also think he's a flawed player and it doesn't really make sense to me why fans would be like, Oh, let's go ahead and max Aiton right away and not Zach. Like Zach is more of a known commodity. Obviously he's like older. And so he doesn't necessarily have the same upside that in Aiton would because mm-hmm. Aiton still has a lot of room to grow. But, uh, I think you're running into the same kind of situation where he's like a tier two star tier two max player. And seems like the most, like a, some of the bulls fans don't want that on the team because they think it's a waste of a max spot. So it doesn't really make sense to me why he would fit that role better. But if the bulls have a chance to get Aiden, you know, for the cost of Vooch and Kobe and, you know, their pick this year and maybe that Portland pick, hell yeah, I would go do that. But, uh, I don't think that Aiton solves all the Bulls' problems. Like they still need to get shooting. They now need a, a, a stretch five option because they don't have Vooch anymore. Like this is not just like Aiton solves all the problems and now the Bulls can win a championship. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what Bulls fans aren't looking at is is that side of it. Uh, you said the biggest point. Like he he won't stretch the floor for you. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be a guy inside. Like and you're going to need that point guard for him. Like I think he's shown that you're going to need a point guard for him. And right now, you know, I'm worried about Lonzo. You know what I'm saying? So there's that. But I think my I want to ask you, Will, like, because I agree with you. I, his touch is improved. You know what I'm saying? Like I talked about, it's just really feathery. I really, really like it. But his sometimes when right shoulder like, hook, left yes, shoulder hook, dude, so the, impressive. The fadeaway that he had that he put in this game, you know what I'm saying? When he's like top of the key or um, or like dotted line or free throw line extended, that's just, you, you have to be really skilled, you know what I'm saying, to do that stuff. And I'm always amazed when I just see him shoot. And he's a solid free throw shooter. You know, he's not always add that to the big man because big men usually aren't great free throw shooters. He's about 75%, which is really all you can ask for. But And he shoots like a career 60% from the field. Like, that's stupid. But I wanted to ask because it feels like I think he could average more. Like, when I watch him play, I'm like, I feel like you could be getting 25 a game. Now, is that because, you know, He's who he's playing with, you know what I'm saying, and Booker and things like that? Or do you feel that same way? Or are we kind of watching him kind of max out at about an 18 and 19 and 11 and 12 guy? Well, I think he could average more, but the Suns have a system. They're built to drive and get to those elbows and get jump shots. Like they, they have like a historically impressive uh, mid-range percentage relative to the rest of the league in terms of Booker, Bridges, Aiton even to a certain extent. Obviously, Chris Paul, they all love those elbow jumpers. And so they shot a ton of mid-rangers. Um, and their offense was built to get those shots. Uh, Aiden did, I think his averages as a rookie and in his second year before Chris Paul came over there were much higher because they were running more offense through him. So mm-hmm. I think he's capable of averaging a lot more. Do I think that's necessarily like good for your offense? I don't know. I mean, I think the Suns' offense was pretty incredible this year the way it was. Right. Um Obviously, they like had an epic meltdown here in game seven, but yeah, I'm not sure if I'm the Suns. And obviously, it's like not my money. Robert Sarver might have something else to say about this, but like, mm. I'm not sure how you could, how this one game can unravel everything that they've built over the last two years. I think Aiton is going to cost a lot. I think he's probably worth it in a lot of ways. Um, but I'm not like turning him into. 96 Shaq and just like letting him post right. up every single time and dunk on people because it just doesn't really work that way anymore. And he's certainly not the passer that I think you need to be to have a post presence like that. So flawed player, really talented player. 
Um, 23 year old centers like that do not come on the market like period. So if you have the opportunity to get him and he wants to come here and the bulls can make it work. Sure. But like I said, I don't think he's like the savior. No, I agree. And I need him to go get some of those buckets too. Will like when it's not going for him and you know, you're running their offense as they do. He, he won't go get buckets and I don't. Yeah, I agree. He's not, he's not got that. Like, you know, I'm the guy mentality. Yeah. And I don't know that the bulls have somebody to get into his neck, you know? Yeah, I'm very curious. And you know what just occurred to me is that we should absolutely do some kind of crossover show with the PHNX people to get, you you know, we'll we'll let them heal. We'll let them lick their wounds for a minute. And then we need to get their perspective on this because, you know, you you brought up the comparison with Zach Levine's free agency situation. Will I don't know how much it it truly does parallel because I know how I feel about what's going on with Zach. And I believe in the very depths of me, the Bulls are going to offer him a contract. He's going to sign it. He's not going anywhere. Right. I have no idea all of this stuff that has come out about Aiton, even before That's the weird part. his playoff run of why haven't they put a contract in front of me? Why have I? Why do I not have a contract? And all the way through, and then everybody say, well, if the Suns win the chip this year after winning 64 games, obviously they sign him and they run it back. Now that they didn't even get back to the conference finals, let alone the finals, what happens now? I have no idea what any of that noise means over in Phoenix. Right. So we should talk yeah. to the PHNX Suns crew and see if it is, you know, comparable to what's going on with Zach or not. Because the way that Woj was talking today, it sounds like he's gone from Phoenix yeah. and it's just a matter of where he ends up, which to me is not at all close to what's going on with Zach right now. Yeah, no, that I just, just to clarify, what I meant by the Zach situation was like, why do the Bulls, why do Bulls fans want uh to max Aiden but not Zach that was right. kind of my point of like they have this opportunity to get a tier two star player on a max deal why is like Aiden considered the guy to go after and Zach isn't who's like already been a part of the system already established as you know one of the best players on the team one of the best players in the history of the franchise I mean he's really been a super talented player for the Bulls like that why, why you gotta go poking holes with people ideas Silly things like logic and reasoning. Come on, Will. Couldn't be yeah, me. Could not be me. <laughs> That's it. We're out of time. We got to get out of here for today. Thanks, everybody, as always, for tuning in. We will be back in studio with a live episode for you guys tomorrow afternoon, Tuesday, 3 p.m. Chicago time. We'll be picking up our player evaluation series. We'll be looking at the rook, Io Desumu, who had a pretty darn impressive rookie campaign for the Chicago Bulls. And then uh, Wednesday, we've got our pal Sean Hyken in studio with us. He's in town. Uh, so we'll get his thoughts on what's going on over there in Portland and Dame and the Zach Levine in Portland rumors. And uh, Will, you'll be covering the uh, the uh, draft lottery on Tuesday. So we can talk about that later on this week. Plenty more content for you guys coming up here at our CHGO Bulls podcast feed and our YouTube channel. In the meantime, hit us up on Twitter. I'm Bulls underscore Peck. Dave's at Foul BAWL Sports. Will is won't golly. We are CHGO underscore Bulls. Until next time, Bulls Nation. Appreciate you. See you around. Be good.